wonderful to be here standing before you to share God's word with you. I thank God for this opportunity that he has given me again to come and share his word with you people. I don't take it for granted at all. I don't act like I know it all and say it's because I'm, you know, spiritual. That's why I'm doing this. It is for the mercy of God that I'm here and I'm grateful to God. I want to thank my pastor, my father, who is not here. He's away on an assignment. But he has given me this privilege to hold the mic and share God's word with you today. Please, let's celebrate our father in diaspora. Thank you, sir. Uh, before I start to talk this morning, I just want to implore us to open our hearts to Jesus. Open our hearts to Jesus. Today is communion service and God is set to do wonderful things in our midst. Don't look at the vessel. Don't look at who is talking. Just hook on to Jesus. Jesus is here. He's already in the house. Just listen. Beyond what I will say, let Jesus speak to you. Beyond what I will say, beyond anything that I can say. I don't know anything. It's what God reveals to me that I will share with you this morning. And may everyone here be blessed in the name of Jesus. I'll be sharing on something I've titled, Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. And my main text will be taken from Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 from 1 to 3. Very quickly, I'll read that. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Verse 3, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then he won't become weary and give up. What does it mean to give up? To give up means to stop doing something or to stop attempting something, especially as a sign of defeat, as an admission of defeat. So you started something, God has put something in your heart, and because things got tough along the way, you stopped doing it. That is giving up. But the word of God to someone here this morning is don't give up. Don't give up. Hold on to me. Hold on to me. Don't let go. Don't let go. Years winding down, slowly coming to an end. And for some people, this is a moment of reflection. Some people look back on the year and say, what have I achieved? I, you know, some people have visions. I have I had visions for this year. You have goals and everything. You look back and say, I wrote 10 things down. I've not achieved anything. I wrote five things down. I've not achieved anything. Is God still there? Is God still at the other side? Is God still listening? Is he even listening to me at all? And then it becomes a sort of discouragement. People start to get discouraged to the point of quitting. But I'm here to encourage you and say, don't give up. It is not too late to get those things. Time, there's never something that God will say that, ah, time is up. Never, God will never say, ah, time is up. You cannot do this anymore. With God, it is never too late. So don't give up. Don't give up. You're about to say that the sun out there is still enough to dry your clothes. Whatever it is that God has promised you, whatever it is that God has put in your heart at the beginning of the year, whatever instruction, whatever idea, whatever it is that you've been trusting God for, it is not too late to achieve it. So don't give up. Amen. For everyone old enough to make plans, for everyone old enough to have dreams, you realize that life can be rough. Plans don't always work out. You know, we start well, but finishing strong becomes a major issue. Anybody can start anything. Anybody can decide to embark on anything and do it. But finishing strong is the major issue. Anybody can say, oh, I want to go and study in the U.S. Anybody can say it. But how many people pull through? How many people get to the other side? Finishing strong is the major issue. We all get to that point in our life where we have to decide, make a choice. Do I want to continue? Or do I want to give up? Everybody will go through trying times. Trying times will come to each and every one of us. There's no exemption. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world you will have tribulations. 
But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. As long as you're on this side of eternity, you will have tribulations. Doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Doesn't matter how wealthy you are. Doesn't matter what you know. Some people say, I know the Bible from top to bottom. As long as you're on this side of eternity, you will go through trying times. You will always have to come to that point in your life where you say, do I want to give up or will I continue? Do I want to keep fighting? Do I want to keep believing God or do I want to give up? Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody has it all good. Even people that are rich, they also cry. You know, some people, all they need from God is money. And I say, if I have money, my life will be perfect. Even the rich cry. Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. No matter who you are, irrespective of what you have, whether you are learned, whether you are not, whether you are rich or poor, life will happen to you. Life will happen to you. Even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, when he was in the days of his flesh, he also had to come to that point when he had to decide, will I give up? Or will I continue? When he saw what had awaited him on the cross, the Bible said he went into the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. His sweat became like great drops of blood. He cried in agony. He said, Father, let this cup of suffering pass me by. He also felt what we are going through. So don't think that, oh, my own case is special. Everybody will go to trying times. But we have a consolation. We have hope. Hallelujah. We have hope that whatever it is you are going, going through, there is hope at the end. We'll come out of it stronger in the name of Jesus. Trials come to us to prove us, to test our character. Some people say, I love God. It's easy to say, I love God. I trust God when things are good, when you have money flowing in your account, when everything is good, you know, business is booming. It's easy to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. You can come to church and roll on the floor. But do you still love God? Is it still easy to say, Jesus, I love you when you have no money, when the landlord is knocking on your door and saying, come and pay your house rent, when you can't afford to pay your school fees? Is it still easy to say, Jesus, I love you? You will always be faced with that option to give up or to continue. But one thing I want you to note about trials is that without trials, there is no trophy. Without trials, there is no reward. Without trials, you will not, there's no victory. So you want victory. Everybody's praying, I want to be great in life. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve. Expect life to happen to you. The devil doesn't want us to accomplish anything. The devil is the enemy of our soul. He doesn't want us to accomplish anything in life. He wants us small, defeated, down at all times. So we're always having resisting us. The Bible calls him the resister. He will always resist us when you make the decision to, make, to do anything good in life. The devil will resist you. So expect trials to come. Expect trials to come. You have a great destiny. So of course, the devil will try to, he will try to get you down. He will try to knock you down. Expect them. Catherine Kuhlman said something. She said, great sea captains are made in rough waters and deep seas. It is when life is tough that you know those who are strong. People say, I trust God, I trust God. It is when life hits you that you actually know who is who. So don't be discouraged. When you go through this, don't be discouraged. Don't let go and say, ah, why is it always me? I'm coming out of one, I'm going into another one. I'm coming out of one, I'm entering into another trouble. Don't be discouraged. These trials make you strong. When you overcome them, you become stronger. Your faith in God is strengthened. Nobody comes out of a trial and doubts God and says, ah, God is not even good at all. When you come out of a trial, when God sees you through, your faith in God is strengthened. Trials build your spiritual muscles. Trials build your spiritual muscles. Just like when you go to the gym to pump iron, you go to the gym and work out, you pump your physical, you grow your physical muscles. Trials, when you go through them and overcome them, build your spiritual muscles. So don't be discouraged. Count it all joy, like the Bible says in James 1 verse 2. Count it all joy when you go through trials and temptations. Count it all joy. Rejoice in the midst of your trial. It is not easy. I know it sounds like what I said. You know what I'm going through. I know it is not easy, but count it all joy. Jesus is with you in that storm. Jesus is in your boat in that storm. Hold on to him and he will see you through in the name of Jesus. Everyone goes through trying times. 
but it's not everyone that comes out of it the same way. Just like people, they clean and oven to prove it. It's not every of those clay that will come out the same way. Some will crack along the way. Some will fall apart because they cannot withstand the pressure. So also it is with us human beings. So many people go through things, but it's not everyone who's victorious. It's not everybody that comes out strong at the end of this. Some people give up halfway. They get to a point and say, ah, ah, enough is enough. What is it? Am I the only one? And they give up and they, they cut short their journey like that. We will go through things, but it's not everybody that will come out of it. What is the difference between a person that has a testimony and a person who doesn't? Someone did not give up. Someone did not give up. Some people give up close to their hour of visitation, so close to the end, so close to the moment of truth, so close to when Jesus will come through for them. Some people give up. Some people, they've done all they know to do. They've prayed, they've fasted, they've trusted God, they've believed, they've confessed. They've done everything that they know to do, but so close to their hour of visitation, they give up. They give up, and it is not God's fault. When you give up close to your hour of visitation, it is not God's fault. You cannot blame God for it. Because everything you need to survive that storm, everything you need to overcome, everything you need to come through on the other side, God has put inside of you already. You just need to tap into it. You just need to tap into it. Some people were fervent at the beginning of the year, serving God, coming to church, giving, serving in their ministries. And then look at November 6th, churches, they are empty seats in church because some people have given up. They say this church thing is not working. I've been coming to church, I've been confessing, what do I have to show for it? My friends in the world, they are making it, and I'm here saying God is good, God is good. And they give up along the way. And it's not God's fault. It is not God's fault. Some people won't go as far as comparing themselves with other people and say, look at my life, I'm 30 years old, I've not achieved anything. That small girl, she's just 21, and she has a car, she has this, she travels abroad for, for holidays, and they start to compare themselves. Should I shock you this morning? The Bible calls you foolish if you compare yourself. If you compare yourself with other people, you are foolish. Bible says they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So when you do that, when you compare, when you start to say, God, look at my life. What is the, I serve God, I serve you more than this girl now. God says you are not wise. You are very foolish. You are very foolish. I tell you this morning, face front, face front, mind your own journey. There is a mark that you are pressing ahead to. Mind it. Stop looking at any other person's journey. Stop comparing yourself with other people. You don't get to your destination faster when you are saying, how do you, what are you doing here? Me, I've been doing all this. I've been serving God. I've been giving. And you, you've not done anything. You're there. You don't get anywhere faster that way. Face front. Mind your own destiny. Mind your journey. We are not wired the same way. God didn't wind our clock the same way. We will not all get to the same place at the same time. Mind your journey. Can we look at Proverbs 4.25? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 25. I hope somebody's getting blessed already. Proverbs 4.25. It says, look straight ahead. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mind your journey. Mind your business. You came to this world alone. It is your journey. It is your life. Mind it. Stop comparing people. Instead of comparing yourself with other people, why not fight for hope? Why not hold on to hope? Fight the good fight of faith. Fight. Fight to, be, fight to remain hopeful in God. Fight to have that thing. That thing that you've been trusting God for for years, months. Fight to get it. And why is it a fight? Like I said earlier, we have an enemy that doesn't want us to amount to anything. He hates us. He hates us. Satan hates you. So if you are doing business with him, know that he hates you. And he just wants to hurt you. He doesn't want us to have anything. He doesn't want us to amount to anything in life. He hates you. So you have to fight for hope. It is in your hopelessness that Satan can bring discouraging thoughts. He can bring depressing thoughts. He can even bring suicidal thoughts. As I was praying for this, the Holy Spirit kept ministering that someone is under the oppression of thoughts that will lead to suicide. Someone is thinking of giving up, of ending his life. We counsel that in the name of Jesus. It is our hopelessness that Satan can bring those thoughts to us. So don't give up on God. Hold on to him. 
hold on to him. Fight the good fight. Do whatever it takes to remain hopeful. Amen. Do whatever it takes. We can all talk about Job today. We all refer to Job's story and say, ah, Job, he went through all these things and he came out victorious. His life was not an easy one. He went through a lot of terrible trials. We can all talk about The Bible describes Job as a man of patient endurance. He endured everything patiently. I don't think anybody here has gone through half of what that guy went through. Job lost everything, everything in one day. His family, his property, his children. Imagine losing your children, 10 kids in one day, in one day. And the Bible said Job held on. The Bible describes him as a man of patient endurance. Can you hold on to God this morning? Can you fight to, to keep believing in Jesus? Can you keep fighting? Despite all that Job went through, in Job 13, 15, he said something. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? I'm going through stuff. My life is not looking good. And someone is saying, I will trust God. We all know it was not God that afflicted Job. But Job said, even if it is Jesus, I will still trust him. Can we be that confident in God? Can we be that confident in our God? Our God is good. Our God is good. Can we be that confident? And say, no matter what I go through, even when I walk through dark storms, even when it feels as if my life will soon end, I will trust Jesus because he is good. Can we anchor our faith on the person of Jesus? Can we anchor our faith on who Jesus is? Jesus is good. We know the Bible tells us over and over that the Lord is good. Can you anchor your faith on that? Instead of looking to your circumstances, anchor your faith on the, on the goodness of God and you'll see a victory in the name of Jesus. Do you know something about people who, who trust God unto death? They never go down. They are never defeated. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He did not die. Hallelujah. Job did not die. He came out on the other side strong, victorious. The Bible says the Lord restored all that he lost to him twice because he refused to give up, because he chose to side with God and say, Lord, I will stay with you no matter what. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Esther did not perish. Those who trust God unto death, the Lord will always come through for them. Can you be that confident in your God? Do you know this God that you serve? Our God is not a small God. Our God is not a weak God. Do you know him? Do you trust him enough to say, Lord, no matter what I go through, no matter what I go through, life gives me a gut punch. I will still hold on. It seems like my life is falling apart. I will still hold on. Can we do that? God will respond to your faith. He will respond to that faith and he will come through for you. In Jesus' name. Let us look at some examples of people who gave up and now their lives turned out. For you to know that giving up is not an option for you. There were people in the Bible who gave up along, along with. They started something and they gave up. Let's look at some examples. I have some here. I'll just touch one because of our time. Number one, the Israelites. The Israelites were a very special breed of people. I mean, God loved these guys so much. He set them apart and said, these ones, I love you. He took them apart and God did a lot of wonderful things in their lives. If you read through Genesis, Exodus, all those, you see all the things that God did. But these people, God described them in Jeremiah as hard-hearted and rebellious. Imagine God saying you are rebellious. After everything Jesus did for all God did for them, after everything, he parted the Red Sea for them, he gave them manna to eat. God did everything. They wore clothes. Their clothes did not outgrow them for how many years? And they were still rebellion. They were still rebelling. The Israelites were very recalcitrant type of people. I wonder what kind of spirit was in them. To know God, to know God, to experience these things. I mean, let's look at the example of the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. I always find that very fascinating. God parted the Red Sea. I'm a zoology student, so I know that in the sea there are fishes there. There are some dangerous animals in the sea. God parted the sea. The sea stood like walls. The fish did not come out of the water and come and bite one of them. The fish stood in the water. It stayed there. It allowed them to pass. The ground which they walked on was not muddy. It was dry. Dry land. And these people still had the audacity to believe. 
to doubt God. They will complain. God will say, do this. They'll say, no, this is what I want to do. God will say, oh yeah, do this. they say, no, this is how I want to do it. Go this way. No, this way is, it is too long. They were just so rebellious and they got God so angry. When they got close to, their, to the promised land, to the land God promised them, they rebelled again. They rebelled again. Moses sent 12 spies to the land of Canaan to go and check it out. They went to the land. They came back and they brought reports. Ten of them said, the land is filled with milk and honey, like God said, but there are giants. And in their side, we're nothing but grasshoppers. They will destroy us. They will kill us. Why did God bring us here? And the Bible says the Israelites raised up their voice in one accord in protest. How can you do that? Everybody in one accord lift up their voice and start to protest. They were saying all sorts of things. Let's look at what they said. And God punished them for that. Let's look at Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. I read from verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. This was after they got the report of what was in the land of Canaan. Verse 2, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? They kept confessing death, death, death. Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Can you imagine? After all, they've seen God through. These people still chose to doubt God. Let's look at the response of God. God replied them in verse 26. Verse 26, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. They kept confessing death, death, death. And God said, that's what you have been saying. I will do it to you. Verse 29, he said, you will all drop dead. Ah, when I read it, I said, Jesus, this is heavy. This is heavy. How can you say people will drop dead? He said, you will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you is 20 years or older and was including in the, included in the registration and die because they chose to give up on God. They chose doubt his ability. They doubted their ability that God was good and could bring them out of whatever it is they were going through. These people, they've seen a lot. They were in the wilderness. They survived in the wilderness. They got so close to where they were supposed to go and they still doubted God. And look at what God did to them. Over half of them did not get to the promised land. A lot of them did not get to the promised land because they gave up on God. Because they said, no, God, I will not side with you. I will choose my own side. I don't trust you. I don't think you can take me to the place that you promised me to. I think I will have to do this on my own. They gave up on God. And their story didn't end well. Their lives not be like that in Jesus' name. It is dangerous to give up. It is very, very dangerous to give up. What are the things that happen when you give up? Number one, you will not fulfill your destiny. When you give up on God, you will not fulfill your destiny. Look at the Israelites. Because they gave up on God, God had a great destiny, a great future planned out for them. He was taking them to the promised land. Canaan, he was told them that they will overcome the land and they will subdue it. But because they gave up on God, they did not fulfill their destiny. A lot of them died in the wilderness, coming from Egypt, the land of slavery. And they still died in the wilderness because they chose to give up on God. You giving up doesn't take away the problem. Let me tell you the truth. When you give up, your problem will not go away. You will not say, okay, I've given up now. Oh yeah, this sickness will leave my body. I've given up now. My finances will be okay. The moment you give up, you are giving the devil room to take charge. You are saying, go ahead, do what you want to do. And in the end, that's, that trouble will overtake you and consume you. So don't give up. There is a lot at stake. You have a lot of generations attached to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. You will not end up fulfilling your destiny. That is not the will of God for any of us. God doesn't want any of us halfway and say, ah, my journey is this. You, at the end of your life, you look back and you say, what have you achieved your life? God doesn't want that for any of us. 
He said the plan he has for us are plans of good and not of evil to give us an expected end. So don't give up on God. Don't give up no matter how hard it is. I know I'm saying it and it sounds like, do you know what I've been through? I don't know what you've been through, but I'm telling you what God is having me to say to you today. Don't give up on God. Hold on. No matter what, fight to hold on. What happens when you give up? Number two, you fail to please God. You fail to please God. Just like the Israelites. They stopped believing God. They started to doubt him. And God, look at what God said. God said, you all drop dead. That is not a good confession. That's not a good thing for the almighty God to say to someone. They do not please him. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. They were no longer in faith. They were no longer in faith zone. They were doubting God. They were doubting God. And God said, God, why are you doubting? After everything I've done for you, look into your life. As you are sitting on your just reflect. God has been good to you. You know he has. You know he has. Stop saying, eh, I've been through this. I've been through this. Because of one thing that you are going through, you forget all what God has done. You will not please God if you live like that. You will not please him. I want God to look at me and say, this is my daughter, Falakemi, and I'm well pleased in her because... I keep holding on to him. Let God look at you and smile. Let God look at you and be happy. Don't let God look at you and say, ah, what is wrong with you? After everything I've told you, after everything, you have the Bible, a lot of promises, and then you still give up. Please don't give up. Don't give up. Every time you confess failure or defeat, or you choose to give up, you are siding with the devil. You are saying, God, I don't believe in your abilities to help me. I don't believe in your word. I don't believe that you keep what you have said. I don't believe that your promises will come to pass. Instead, I believe that the devil can destroy me. You are siding with the devil when you choose to give up. Every time you make a decision and you say, I've started something, but I don't think God can see me through, you are doubting God and you are saying, God, I don't trust you. And you will not please God that way. You won't please him that way. God always looks out for faithful people, people who are full of faith in him, who trust him to death, and he always rewards them. Always rewards them. Look at Hebrews 11, our faith gallery. Look at all those people, what they went through. They held on, and they were victorious at the end of the day. God will never fail. Hallelujah. God will never fail, no matter what you are going through. As long as you trust him and you hold on, you will see a victory in the name of Jesus. Now, what are the benefits of not giving up? Like I said, it's dangerous to give up. So there must be benefits if I choose to go through what I'm going through. There must be something for me at the end of it, right? Number one thing, you get answers to your prayers. Straightforward, you get answers to your prayers. We all have things that we are trusting God for. I don't know anybody whose life is 100% perfect. And you're like, no, I don't have anything. I'm just praying. If you don't have anything, please pray for me. I have things that I need God to do for me. Please pray for me. If you give up, if you give up on God... You will not get answers to your prayers. But if you hold on, if you fight the good fight of faith, you will get answers. Those things that you have been trusting for, they might come late. They might come at a very, very far time, but you will get answers to it. Look at the story of the Syrophoenician woman. I wish I could read it. It's in Matthew 7. This was a gentle woman. She came to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, my daughter is sick. I want you to come and heal her. And Jesus said, healing is the children's bread. I will not give the children's bread to dogs. She could have said, how dare you? You call me a dog. Your father is a dog. You this useless Nazarene. How dare you call me a dog? She could have insulted Jesus. She could have despised him. I mean, Jesus insulted. That was an insult. How are you be calling me a dog? Uh-uh. Calm down now. At least the blessing will still get to my side again. Why are you calling me a dog? She said, but she did not give up. The next verse, she said, yes, it is for even the dogs can still get crumbs. They can still get the crumbs from the master table. And Jesus said something in verse 29. He said, good answer. Good answer. That means God is also looking out for something in us. Whenever we are going through stuff, he's looking out for our responses. And there are some things that we'll do. And God will say, yes, that is the right response. She said, God said, good answer. And she got her healing before her time. She was not supposed to get that healing. But because she did not give up, because she did not despise Jesus, that was even a Gentile, an unbeliever, not to talk more of us believers, children of the Most High God. Don't give up on God. You will get answers to that prayer in the name of Jesus. Number two thing that will happen is you get a testimony for yourself. 
you get a testimony for yourself. At the end of it, you get a testimony. I love hearing testimony, but I also like to have my own. It is very sweet to hear people come and say, God did it, God did it. But it is better when you have your own. When you don't give up on God, when you choose to hold on in spite of everything, you get a testimony. You get your personal testimony. Look at the story of Hannah. Hannah was barren and she wanted a child. Hannah, they said our, our rival, Penina, was mocking her. The Bible said she mocked her, tormented her. And her husband and Hannah said, ah, why are you always sad and depressed? Am I not enough for you? You don't have to worry about a child. Hannah could have said, well, my husband is not really worried about children. Let me just accept my faith and leave like that. But the Bible says when she went to Shiloh, when the rest of her family, they went to celebrate, Anna went to the temple and she poured out her heart to God. She didn't give up and say, well, my husband doesn't really want children. It doesn't really matter if I have children. I can just live my life as it is. She did not give up on God. She went, she prayed, poured out her heart to God, and she got what she asked God for. She made specific prayers and God answered it how she asked for it. And God didn't only do that. He exceeded her expectation. The Bible says Anna had seven more. After some more, seven more children. After that, imagine that. God will exceed your expectations when you choose to trust him, when you choose to side with him. Side with Jesus this morning. Side with him, I implore you. You will get a testimony. I have a lot of points. I wish I could go through all of them. But another thing I want you to know is you definitely fulfill your destiny when you choose to hold on to God, when you choose to fight the good fight of faith, you fulfill your destiny. Very important. You have all come here for a reason. This is not where we'll be for at the end of everything. We'll all go back home and give an account of our life. We'll like go back to God and say, I ain't God. When I was on earth, I couldn't trust you, so I just gave up and I lived life anyhow. But here I am. Let's flex in heaven. God will not be happy with that. You have a life here. Fulfill it. A lot of destinies are attached to your life. A lot of destinies are attached to your life. And every time you are faced with a decision, whether to give up or to hold on, those know they are going to affect whatever you choose to do will affect those generations. Amen. So what do I want you to do? I have said it's not good to give up. I have talked about benefits of giving up. You've said all of this for lacking. What will you have me do? I have come through all of this. I have been holding on for years and years and years. I've been confessing. I've been fighting. I've been fighting. What do you want me to do? I've done everything I know to do. I'll say two things this morning. Number one, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, from verse 13 to 14. I read, it says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The KJV said, Having done all to stand, stand therefore. After you've done everything you know to do, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've given, you've sown seeds, You've confessed, you've believed. After you've done all of that and you don't know what else to do, stand your ground. What is your ground? This is your ground. The word of God, the promises of God to you, this is your ground. Whatever it is that God has said to you, when God gives a word, hold on to it. That is your ground. Keep repeating it. Keep confessing it. Keep saying it. Remind God. God, you said you'll do this So Keep saying it. God will honor his word. He will on, always honor his word. Always. Always honor his word. Stand your ground. Don't let go. Don't say, I've tried, I've tried. It didn't work. I have tried work. Walk the word. Walk it until it works. Don't give up. People have walked the word and they got testimonies. Why will it all be different? Walk the word. Don't let it go. The reason why so many people don't get miracles is not because God is weak or he does not want to do it or he's, or he's not willing, but because we don't stand. We don't stand. You say a prayer today in Jesus' name, amen. And immediately say amen. You want to see the manifestation. Immediately say amen. You want to see the results. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says as long as this earth remains seed, time and harvest, 
There was always a time between when you pray and when you get manifestation. You have to wait. You have to wait. It takes time to see a manifestation. Don't give up. If you pray, you say, I've been praying for two weeks. Some people have been praying for two days. And they say, you didn't walk home, and then you give up. I don't want to say what's on my mind. <laughs> but don't give up. It takes time to see a manifestation. Pastor Alex recalls standing in faith. He says, keeping the switch of faith on. Keeping the switch of faith on, no matter what. Imagine a big flip of, a big switch. And that is the switch of faith. Keep it on always. Keep it on always. Doesn't matter where you go to. Life will punch you. Yes, I know. It will be painful. Some of these things will take tears from your, high, from your eyes. But keep the switch of faith on. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Stand. Stand. The Bible says, I haven't done all you know to do. I haven't, after you've done everything. Stand, therefore. Stand your ground. Don't let the devil steal from you what God has prepared for you. Stand your ground. Write down those promises. Write it out. Put it on your wall. Look at it every day. Remind yourself, God, you've said this. Remind God and say, God, you've said this. In Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says, And so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish. As long as the word of God has gone out, trust that there will be a result. There will always be a result. It's not up to you to decide whether you give up or you hold on. There will always be a result. So write those promises and remind God. Remind God. Remind God, God, there's a covenant between me and you. There is blood between me and you. Remember what you said to me 2022. Remember what you said 2020. I'm not, ho- I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go until I see it. Don't give up. You tried the first time. It didn't work. Try it another way. You did it this way. It didn't work. Try it another way. Work it. Like I said, work it until it works. Work it until you get results. Don't give up. Do not give up. Amen. Don't be afraid. When you've tried and tried and tried, don't throw in the towel and say, I've tried it though. I did it the first time. But she shall. I did the second time. God, you see now. And then you say, I'm done. I'm not doing it again. Try it. Keep trying till it works. Stay on the word of God. Don't leave this place. Everything you need to survive life is here. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Doesn't matter how painful it is. You've tried. You've been waiting for two years, three years, five years. However long it has, been, it has taken. Don't leave. Do not leave. Can we look at Habakkuk chapter 2? Habakkuk 2. I'm rounding up now. Habakkuk 2 from verse 2 to 3. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets, so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. Somebody say it will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. One version says, slowly, surely, steadily it will come. Ste- it will come. It might be slow. It might take a long time. But it will definitely happen. Whatever it is you are trusting God for, no matter how long it has been, trust that it will definitely come. Hold on to God. Fight to remain. Come to fight to remain in faith. Amen. Number two thing that I want you to do. I'm taking this word straight from the lips of Jesus this morning. In Mark 5, verse, verse 22 to 36, there's an account there. I wish I could read it. Let's just look at it quickly. Mark 5. Mark chapter 5. From verse 22 to 36. I'll run through it very quickly. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she got no better. In fact, she was worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. 
But you thought to yourself, if I can just, if I can just touch Zoe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of a terrible condition. Verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Verse 33. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the house of of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, be not afraid, only believe. And I say that word to you this morning. Be not afraid, only believe. Doesn't matter what you're going through. I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't know your story, but Jesus does. And he's saying, don't be afraid, just believe. Mark 11, 22 says, have faith in God. Doesn't matter what you're going through. I don't know what it is. Have faith in God. Someone says, but I was raped. Have faith in God. But my life is meaningless. Have faith in God. I, I don't have parents. Have faith in God. I don't have any money. I want to go to school. I don't have any money. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Because no matter what you go through, no matter what it is you are going through, God is in control. Amen? God is in control. The Lord is still on his throne. He has not been dethroned yet. So how, hang on to him. Have faith in him. Have faith in him. Our God is a good God. Anchor your faith on who he is. He's loving. He's kind. He loves you. Every time he looks at you, he's plotting ways to do you good. He's plotting ways to do you good. He's thinking, how can I bless this girl? How can I lift her up? How can I elevate her? How can I lift her beyond where she is? That is all God is thinking about you. So have faith in that God. Have faith in the God who only thinks good about you. Do you trust him? Do you grow this confident trust in this God? Trust him. Trust him. Have faith in him. Have faith in him. Jesus is in control. Amen. Say it. Jesus is in control. Jesus is in control. And I will hold on to him. Amen. I'll wrap up this morning with these words. Don't be afraid. Again, I say it. Don't be afraid. Don't look at what the circumstance is saying. Don't look at it. Don't be afraid of what it's saying. Every situation we go through is saying something to us. Every situation we go through is saying something to us. The mocking us is asking, can your God still be through? Can you come out of it? He's talking to you. But don't be afraid of what he's saying. Don't look to, to whatever it's saying. Peter was walking on water. He was doing the impossible. But the moment he looked away from Jesus, Jesus, the person who made it possible for him to do that, the Bible said he began to sink. The moment you look away from Jesus, the moment you take your eyes away from Jesus, you begin to sink. Anxiety comes in. Fear comes in. Doubt comes in. You begin to sink. The scripture we read earlier, our anchor text in verse 2, it says, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The moment you look away from him, you will sink. The moment you look away from him, you will sink. Instead of looking away from Jesus, look at him and believe that everything, everything you are going through, no matter how bad it is, no matter how terrible it is, believe that everything will work together for your good. Amen. Believe that everything will work together for your good. They said they are changing. As we are thinking of calling off strike, I said it will work together for my own good. If they like, they should go on strike. If they like, they should not strike. It will work together for my good. Have that mentality. Don't say they say something and then you are scared. You are jittery. Whatever it is that happened, good, bad, pleasant, unpleasant, it will work together for my good. Dollar is eating one night, night one thousand naira. I told God, Hallelujah. It means I'm getting richer. Yes, my account is deflating. The economy is deflating, but my own account is deflating. Everything that happens, whether good or bad, will work together for my good. And I want you to have that mindset. I have that mentality. No matter what happens, no matter what it is, bad, good, no matter what, everything, everything works together for good for us. In Romans 8:28, the Bible says, and we know, talking about confidence, and we know that all things, all things 
whether good, whether bad, whatever it is, all things are working together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you love God, Expression House? Do you love him? Are you called by God? Then everything will work together for you, no matter what it is. Everything will work together. If they change the law, it will work for your good. If somebody in your office hates you, it will work for your good. Anything that happens in Nigeria will work for our good because we are children of the Most High God. Amen. Everything will work for our good in the name of Jesus. So draw strength from God and press on in faith. Press on in faith. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. I know it's painful. I know you've been holding on for years and years and your strength is failing. You feel yourself crumbling under that load of care. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. The scripture we read earlier, verse 3, says something, and that's what we're going to do this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. It says, think of all the hostility Jesus endured from sinful people. Think about all what Jesus did when he went to the cross, when he chose to die for you. Think about the things that he endured. Then you will not become weary and give up. And that's what we're going to be doing as we take the communion this morning. We'll be reflecting on what Jesus did. When he went to the cross, he didn't only save us from sin. He took us away from, he took all these things away from us. He saved us from poverty, from lack, from sickness, from diseases, from oppression, from depression. He took us away from all of that. So we are going to reflect and say, Lord Jesus, you have paid the price. I already have victory. Whatever it is you are going through, you already have the victory. You are already victorious. You just need to step up. You just need to reach out and grab it. Your victory is already set. Jesus already paid the price. You already have it. Just reach out and grab it. Just reach out and take it. And if you have given up, I know some people might have given up. It's not easy, I know. But if you've given up, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Retrace your steps and come back to God. If you've given up in time past, you gave up on God, you gave up on yourself, you gave up on whatever it is, on your family, on your ministry, on your on whatever it is, you've given up. Retrace your steps and come back to God. God is always, always going to respond to people who are truly repentant. doesn't matter how, how far you've gone. Maybe you think that, ah, I'm too far gone, I'm too far gone. How will God forgive me? Retrace your steps and come back home. Repent. 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 God is waiting. He's waiting down the road. He's expecting. He's saying, is she going to come back? I'm waiting for you. My arms are wide open. Repent. You are not going through that situation because God is punishing you for what you've done in the past. No. That is not why you're in that situation. So don't be afraid to come back. Don't say, Lord, I'm going through this because of what I did two years ago. Because of what I did five years ago. That's why I'm going through this. No, 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 no. no. God loves you. He loves you. And he's saying, come back to me. Come back to me, my brother. Come back to me. Come back to me, my child. I love you. I don't like you in this situation. Come back. Come back home. So retrace your steps. Retrace your steps. Come back home. It is never too late with God. You can never get to a point in life and God will say, ah, see this boy. See his life. Never. No chance for you. Never. As long as you are here, there is always another chance. With God, you can have another chance. You can do it again. You can start afresh. And start afresh. The prodigal son, when he came back to his father, the Bible says his father embraced him. He ran to meet him and he embraced him. Changed his clothes, threw a party for him. God will do the same for you. When you come back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I gave up on you. I gave up on myself. I chose to doubt you. I chose to doubt your abilities. God will say, it's okay. No problem. Come back home. And he will make your life beautiful. Amen. He will make your life beautiful. Can we rise up this morning? Let's stand up this morning. situation that has been taking your heart away from Jesus, that has been driving your attention away from Jesus, talk to him. Say, Lord, you know what I'm going through. You know what I'm going through. 
I'm trying, but my strength is failing. I'm trying, but my strength is failing. I feel myself crumbling beneath the weight of this care. Lord, I don't think I can hold on anymore. Please help me. Please help me. God will never turn you down. This is truly cry out for help. Ask the Lord Jesus, help me. Help me. See me through this. Strengthen me to carry on. Strengthen me. Strengthen me for the journey ahead of me. Strengthen me, Lord Jesus. Strengthen me. And if you have already given up, repent. Talk to him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. I thought I couldn't hold on. I thought my life would be over. That was why I gave up. But I've heard your word this morning. And I know you want me to come back home. So I come back this morning. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. Give me strength. I'm discomforted. I'm sad. I'm discouraged. I'm hopeless. I feel hopeless. Lord, strengthen me. Strengthen me, Jesus. Please speak to God this morning. If I'm praying other tongues, bust for in the Holy Ghost. The Lord is in the house. He's ministering to people. Discouraged people are finding hope. Those who are hopeless are receiving hope. Talk to Jesus. He's in the house. your soul to Jesus. Pour it out. All that trouble that you've been carrying around, all that worry, pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. He'll take that load and he'll give you peace. He'll take that load and he'll give you hope. Trust Jesus. As I prepare for this message, the Lord told me to end the service on a glorious note so as the choir sing this song sing victorious sing like you already have that thing whatever it is whatever it is sing like you have it sing the way you sing when you get it dance if you, have, if you want to dance shout if you want to shout jump if you want to jump but you already have it you're already victorious amen you're already victorious so rejoice this morning we are going to end this service on a glorious note because we are victorious hallelujah somebody shout i am victorious i am victorious I have the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, Remember how the darkness never fails. Remember how his name Remember how I got. Remember how I got.
have the victory in Christ Jesus. Celebrate him. Shout, shout, express your heart.